0: You're listening to the wreck podcast. I'm John Champion. Now, it's been a few months since I've posted an episode. My sincere apologies. Life happens, but I'm back, and I'm glad you're with me. Now, I promise to bring you consistent content regularly. Now, in addition to the show, which you can listen to on Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, and everywhere podcasts play... You can like and follow the Facebook page for daily content. Also, follow me on Twitter for more great stuff at c one Now, in this episode, I'll be talking about the carbon monoxide crisis in Durham's McDougal Terrace. Who's to blame? How can you protect yourself and your family? And also, how can you help the displaced? Back to the music. I interview a true, trusted, traveled, air quotes here, Prince Fam, because he never called the people that supported him or his music, fans. So this lady recently spent some time at Paisley Park, where we discuss an awesome show, some charity giving, some recent controversy, and so much more. Don't miss it. Her energy and enthusiasm really lifts my spirits and I think it'll do the same for you. Lastly, I'll talk about one of my favorite groups, the impressions and what they mean to me. Let's start the show right after this break. We're back on the wreck Stowe podcast. Now, this month, 270 Durham families are displaced and living in hotels after reports of gas leaks and carbon monoxide exposure. Close to 100 units have been found to have high levels of this colorless, odorless gas that can kill you. Three infants have died since November And the state medical examiner says that gas poisoning was not the cause. Now, this complex was built in the 1950s. People who live there are also dealing with mold, lead paint, and possibly contaminated water from long-time sewer issues. This is in Durham, North Carolina. So who's to blame? Durham Housing Authority? City leaders? Now this stuff has been going on for years. It's the largest and oldest of the Bull City's housing projects. Investigators have determined that this gas is leaking from stoves and furnaces. My question, why isn't this inspected regularly? Why do people have to get sick and endangered for it to become a priority? With all the growth and development in the city, and the rush to Welcome new buildings and new businesses. Why would the safety of people who need a little more help fall to the wayside? Now here's my opinion. Just because people live in low-income housing, they don't deserve to be treated like they're not significant or that you know that they're not important or that their lives don't matter. Now here's what you need to know. You need a carbon monoxide alarm. All right, get one for your house or your apartment. Right, that's one of the best ways to protect yourself. How can you help these folks? Now, there's a legit GoFundMe page called the Good Neighbor Fund. Legitimate page. It's formed by Ashley Kennedy young lady, resident council member at McDougal Terrace. So that's a good place to start if you want to donate some funds. Also, you can join the DHA versus Everybody Facebook group for updates on the situation. Now, I've got links to both of those sites in the show description. Now, here's hoping that after the inspections, no expense will be spared by the city of Durham to make sure the McDougal Terrace not, is not just livable, but truly safe. Now, my awesome interview with a cool, funny, lively Prince fam is right after this break. You're listening to the Reckonstone Podcast. You're listening to the wreck Podcast. I'm your host, John Champion, and I'm talking with Marcia C. Davis. Now, I met you, your cousin, and some awesome folks at a Shelby J concert last year in Durham. And she put on a great show. Now, you called me John John that day, and it cracked me up. I couldn't Uh, stop laughing. I had an aunt that used to call me that. So it just really, really touched me like, oh, this is so cool. All right. (laughs) yeah
1: and it's stuck John John that's your name from you know from me to you it's John John I don't know I have a habit of giving people I like nicknames I guess so you just that (laughs) one.
0: I appreciate it very much I was rolling purple people tend to attract other purple people we're all good folks that's what's up now I'm going to ask you a couple of questions tell me about your prince journey
1: oh wow Okay, that started as a freshman. Well, you know, I always knew about him, you know, prior to my 1984 freshman experience with Prince, but really getting hooked on Prince was in, okay, let's see here, Purple Rain came out, and let me think. Let me think. Let me get my... Now, you're asking me to go way back. You know, I'm, I graduated okay. high school in 84, so you know how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> Not
0: but, old at all. Not old at all. You're doing great. Doing great.
1: Um, the movie came out July 27th of 84. And I remember okay. leaving... I, I was living in Brooklyn. I grew up in Brooklyn. I'm Trinidadian by birth. But okay. But in Brooklyn. And I, was, I graduated high school and all that kind of good stuff. Tilden High School in 84, June. Mm-hmm. And I moved from Brooklyn to um, Jersey because I was living in Jersey, going to school, Jersey City State College back then. So mm-hmm. when the movie came out, I was like, yeah, I got to go see that. I got to go see that. But, you know, my life was going on. So when I got to college is when I in June. Well, yeah, in June, July. So I probably saw Purple Rain like a couple of days after it came out in July, but nobody uh-huh. wanted to go with me. I was like, are y'all serious? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> no one wanted to go see Purple Rain with me. I was so upset. So I went by myself and that's the first and only time I've ever gone by myself to the movies. Right. And- a great time by myself I met friends and the m- other purple people you know in the movie theater and we were just all about Prince and that's where my love of fear really started with Prince was there I knew his older records and stuff like that before Purple Rain but going and enjoying him by myself you know no one's really interrupting you you don't have to talk to anyone I'm sitting right there me myself and I it was a good experience and I've that's been the ever since
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So can you tell me why do you love his music so much? Is it the uh, is it the the way it's arranged? Is it the way he presented himself? Or what what is it? What just makes you love Prince's music?
1: I like Prince because he reaches everyone. No one could he never stopped at one type of music or one genre of music. He covered the whole spectrum when it came to music, you know? And it's a beautiful thing where with all the craziness that's going on in the world, you go to a purple party or meet up with some purple fam, we are actually purple in our soul. You know what I mean? It's it's I not black. Mean. It's not white. It's not this. It's not that. It's about being purple. And that's a beautiful thing. When you can stand on stage or write a piece of music or, or play a song that touches the masses like that. That's a beautiful thing. You, you, you have to fall in love with something like that, that brings people together. I've never been to any kind of purple function where there was a disarray or, 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 or negativity. You know what I mean? I so, know what you mean. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that's I mean, I have some favorite songs. Everyone does. It's too many to really name. But right. the essence of Prince
0: is what attracts me to his music. I know what you mean. Now, how many times did you get to see him perform live? Now, you want to hear
1: something funny?
0: I've Uh never seen him perform live. Never. Really? Okay. Okay. Nothing wrong with that.
1: I kept putting it off. Okay. Like when I was in college, my college roommate was like, Marcia, Prince is gonna be at, we could drive down." I'd be like, oh, Carla will do it. No, I can't, I gotta work, blah, blah. It was always an excuse, always a reason. So to be right. perfectly honest with you, when the um, piano and microphone tour hit, I was waiting for him to come closer to North Carolina because I live in North Carolina now. So I was like, oh yeah, yeah when he comes to Charlotte or Raleigh or whatever, you know, right. get him closer down here, I'm definitely going. And unfortunately, April first mm. happened, and that was all mm. she wrote.
0: So exactly, exactly. Yeah. Now, now, tell me this: How many times have you been to Paisley?
1: I've been, I've been to Paisley twice. I went wow. to, for the celebration. Oh man, that was a heart. Ooh, when I say heart wrenching. Tissue boxes everywhere, lots of purple people, but Lord, that was some stuff there. That was very emotional. And his, at that time they had moved his urn up on the, um, they had it on a shelf opposite where the doves were. Uh So you knew he was up there, but you, you, you know, you knew you saw him kind of looking down the urn is, um, a small caliber, a small, you know, Paisley park and that's his urn and they had it up top his little house so but uh it was really emotional it was a beautiful thing i I was able to actually hold that super bowl um blue guitar in my hand you know you Uh had to wear gloves you had to wear gloves but it was such a powerful thing because you could actually see the stains from the rain and the water damage on it you know that
0: was beautiful oh man that's amazing
1: it is any (laughs) purple person and and you know, I don't know for me, I, I always I did the VIP thing, you know. So you get a little bit more when you do that VIP celebration kind of stuff. You you I mean the tracks are a little different, but you get a little bit more. You get to see more of the the you know, Paisley Park. So and then I went for New Year's Eve. Oh my God. And I, I did the ultimate tour. Now with the ultimate tour,
0: uh-huh,
1: um, I got to hold the orange guitar in Studio um, B. I also got to play ping pong on his yeah. pong table. It was, I mean, I'm telling you, any perp, anybody that's a true Prince fan has to make it to Paisley at least one time to get that experience. When you walk in there and see all his studios and his and so many people that he's influenced and so many people that has recorded at Paisley, so many songs that he wrote for different people that we, oh, my God, he did that for this one, this one. And you don't even know because you know how Prince was. He was really, you know, low-key. He
0: didn't brag on himself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. and he's, he's, he's a, he, he, he is to me. He's still here. He's really a special person. He really was and is.
0: I hear that, man. Yeah, I got to get to Paisley. You got to get to Paisley.
1: John, man, I'm going to Celebration 2020. Already got my
0: ticket.
1: If you're not there, I'm going to find you and jack you up. For real, for real.
0: Uh, I understand. (laughs) I understand. Well, I plan to be there this year. Now, tell me a little about the New Year's Eve show. Who performed?
1: Oh, man, that show was great. So, when I went in in 2017 to the first celebration, I had just had foot surgery, okay? Let me tell you about my experience with that. So Please I had do. a boot I had a boot on my on my left leg. So I couldn't jam and party the way I party, you know? But I was uh, right there in front dancing with on one foot basically, and I'll never forget Mara's day. Oh man, he had performed and he gave me his handkerchief. He just threw it at me. I was like, "Ah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, I mean, the people that knew Prince and performed with him, that's the closest I'm ever going to get to Prince. So for Morris Day to hand me his handkerchief, it was for me. I was like, "Yeah." Nice. So
0: nice.
1: that was real cool. But this time, New Year's Eve, I didn't have no boot on my leg. And oh. I... Andre Simone. Andre Simone, man, pulled me on stage. I loved it. I loved it. It was great. I had such a blast. Um, Andre, he's a beautiful spirit. It's so funny because he had sat down with my cousins and my friends at the table, but I wasn't there and they took pictures with him and stuff. So I walked up to him. He was in VIP and I walked up to him and said, how are you going to take pictures, sit at my table with my cousins and my friends and I'm not in the picture. And he was (laughs) like, well, we got to take some pictures then. So we took some pictures and then I shook his hand and introduced myself. And he went to introduce himself. I was like, I know who you are. And it was so funny. A great spirit, easy going, easy to talk to like everyone in, in, Anyone that's ever performed with Prince, they're just so easy, just easy people. I've never met anyone pretentious like Shelby J. Uh, the way we giggle and laugh now is like we're old school friends, you know. She's just cool okay. like that. So, that. I mean, just awesome. nice people. Even Kip Share, you know, nice, just a nice dude. And like I said, I was on stage just rocking out. I won the little dance contest that they had going on. You know, I had to oh. do it. I had to do it for the old folks i'm 53 i think i'm still in my 20s so it's all oh, good man.
0: <laughs> i've seen you throwing down and i've seen the picture and so yeah you you are still young no doubt no doubt Thank you. <laughs> i love that picture andre looks like yeah
1: <laughs> it was great i had such a great and the beautiful thing is i am standing on prince's stage you know what i'm saying yeah that is such a beautiful experience i am dancing and performing where prince danced and performed that's that's so cool and judith hill was there she kind of started crying you know when they started singing purple rain and stuff so it was it was it was it was just a beautiful night bringing the new year's eve at paisley and it was for a good cause too The tickets was 2020, $20.20. 20. You bought uh or something for you know to donate to the community. So I bought this hat and glove set. Um, uh, my cousin did the same, scarves and all that kind of good stuff, and food, canned goods, non-perishables. They collected a whole lot of great stuff. And Pat Anderson, she's the director of Sabatheny. And she's, she's another beautiful person. Now, the building that Sabathony's in, I think this is one of the reasons it touched Prince so much and he took it on as, you know, he supported that community center is because they took over the old his old junior high school. Bryant wow. High School. Yeah, they moved Sabathony into that high school in 1979. And, oh, Prince, you know, that's where Prince was, you know, doing his little basketball thing and all that in junior high school. So... He was a big supporter of Sabathony. And like I said, Pat Anderson, beautiful spirit, beautiful woman. And she invited us next time we come down to Paisley to come and do a tour of Sabathony and all that kind of good stuff. So, yeah. Oh,
0: so Cool.
1: Oh, really cool. I've met some great, great people. Great
0: people. Uh, it sounds like it. That sounds really awesome. I can't wait to, to get out there. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Andre Simone was talking about the uh, New Year's Eve show. Said he and his band uh, weren't really treated well by some folks, and um, he posted this long uh, post on Facebook. Now you saw his set. Right. We were talking about it. Give me your thoughts on his on his performance.
1: You know what? The the beautiful thing about Andre Simone is with all any chaos that was going on backstage, it never came to the front. You nice. know what I'm saying? It didn't change his personality. It didn't make him less approachable. Approachable. He was just a cool cat straight through and through. So whatever might have happened backstage, it did not affect his performance. He gave it all to us on stage. He left it beer. And even when he sang, um, it was a beautiful story between him and Prince because he said when they were kids, they always used to try to one up each other with lyrics, you know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and huh was Oh, I got a better lyric than that. Oh, I got like boys do, you know, trying to one up yes. the music. But then, mm. he said when he heard um, when he heard Sometimes It Snows in April, he said that song touched him so much. He called Prince and told Prince, you won, man. That's the song. <laughs> That's and nice. He- he performed that song that night and you could see him trying real hard to get through it it was a beautiful beautiful thing and to be honest with you that's one of my favorites of prince too one i have a lot of favorite prince songs but that where he says you know they say all good things never last that's that uh-huh. that is so true so true you know Man, but that is awesome yeah. So, like I said, anything that might have been kicking off backstage, we didn't know in front. We didn't know.
0: That, that is so cool. Well, I have really enjoyed talking to you. You brought so much to this interview, some things that I didn't even know. And um, I really, really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks for your support. And I'm looking forward to hanging out with you and your crew at Celebration 2020.
1: Yes, John, John, we got to do it. We got to do it. I cannot wait to see you there because you're going to be in awe of everything. And it's beautiful the way the panel talks about Prince. I mean, it's just a great, great feeling. You'll enjoy it for real.
0: There's much more ahead on Podcast after this break. We're back on the Record Stowe Podcast. Now, they recorded more than 20 albums, and I've been listening to the impressions a lot lately. Maybe it's because of the rising tension in the Middle East and possibility of war or the rising racial tensions in our country let me tell you a little bit about the impressions now they were formed in Chicago in 1958 and were originally known as the Roosters and their members included the legendary Curtis Mayfield, Jerry Butler Sam Gooden, Fred Cash Arthur Brooks Richard Brooks Lura Hudson, Ralph Johnson, Reggie Torian, and Nate Evans. Now, Curtis Mayfield and Jerry Butler initially met in the choir of the Traveling Soul Spiritualist Church. Now, by 1958, the Rooster signed a record deal with VJ Records and adopted a new group name. They were called Jerry Butler and the Impressions, and their first single was called For Your Precious Love. It went to number 11 on the U.S. pop charts and number 3 on the R&B charts. Now, following the release of the R&B top 30 hit, Come Back, My Love, Jerry, left the group to pursue a solo career, and Curtis became the group's new lead singer and songwriter. Now, Jerry and Curtis remained close and went on to sing together on Jerry's 1960 single, He Will Break Your Heart. Really, really love the impressions. Now, after a lot of great records, The Impressions' 1963 song "It's All Right" became a huge hit, going all the way to number one on the R&B chart, and number four on the American pop chart. They had an album released that same year of 1963, and it was simply called The Impressions. Now they were now just a trio with Curtis, Sam Gooden, and Fred Cash. They recorded many great songs. And those songs have now become classics, including I'm So Proud, Keep On Pushing, You Must Believe Me, and of course, People Get Ready. So many great songs. Now, during the mid-60s, the Impressions uh, scored a big U.S. Uh, top 10 hit. The song's called Amen. It's featured in the film Lilies of the Field that starred Sidney Poitier. That else you need to check out alright now the latter part of the 60's everybody knows highly political the Vietnam War and the civil rights movement and many songs by many artists reflected the times so the impressions of course showed great political awareness and they had hits like this is my country check out your mind so many great songs now The Impressions were inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1991, the Vocal Group Hall of Fame in 2003. Curtis Mayfield passed away in 1999. Jerry Butler is still around. He is 80 years old, bless his heart. Now, my parents thought most of the music I liked, I was born in the 70s, they thought it was terrible. Much the same way I think that most of the music my kids like is garbage. But, you know, it's just the times the way it is. (laughs) But my parents really loved anything gospel or grounded in gospel. Aretha Franklin, Reverend C.L. Franklin, Sam Cooke, and of course, Curtis Mayfield and the Impressions. That song I was talking about, Amen. Amen. That many black churches sing at the end of services, performed beautifully by the Impressions. You can find that song, a link to it, in the show description, along with many other links to things I've discussed on this episode. How you can help folks in McDougal Terrace, some music from Andre Simone, and of course some Prince. Thanks so much for listening. To the Recosto Podcast. I'm John Champion.